You've seen those ads on TV and those signs on the telephone poles. We buy houses. We'll buy your house today. These are companies that range from a single individual to huge real estate technology companies operating on a national level. But what is their business model and does it work for you? We'll share our own perspective and interview an expert on the subject for this episode of Flipping Awesome Podcast. Welcome to Flipping Awesome Podcast. Every week we share some of our experiences around a topic. We also talk to an expert or entrepreneur to share their story. This week's topic is We Buy Houses. I'm your co-host and producer, Marshall Saunders, and with me is my co-host and licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with Remax Results, Heather Foss. Hey, Marshall. What's good? Everything is good. All is good. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to talking about this subject. It's really a hot topic right now. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. But the first message to everyone is to check out our webpage, flippingawesomepodcast.com, and like our page on Facebook by searching Flipping Awesome Podcast. And please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast source you find us on. And be sure to rate and review Flipping Awesome Podcasts. So, Marshall, what do you know about these investment home buying companies? Well, you know, they've been around in the market for a long time. And they serve a really good purpose. And there's a, a niche to the market that they serve. It ranges all the way from there's some individual real estate agents. There's just some individuals. And they go around and they try to buy property at somewhat distressed prices. Sure. It might be someone who just financially can no longer afford their home. They can no longer afford to fix it up. There might be other life problems that are getting in the way and they, you know, might be car trouble that they just can't afford, but now it's creating an overwhelming problem. What tenant caused a problem or That's something. That's right. Yeah. And they reach out to these investors, whether they see the sign on a telephone pole or whether they see it on the web or jingles on radio ads or what have you. They reach out to them and they understand that they are leaving money on the table. They understand that they're going to get less for their home, but for the trade-off that they don't have to prepare the home for sale, they don't have to clean it out, they don't have to do all the repairs, and they don't have to deal with uh, showings, yep. they get a dollar amount and then they're gone. And for that convenience, they sell their home for less. This investor buys the home, usually in cash or, or some kind of quick financing that allows for a very flexible close time. They come in, they do all the repairs, they fix it up, they rehab it, yep. and then they sell it. It's a, it's a very decent business model. Of course, just like any business, there are those that operate at levels that are less than scrupulous and they're really going and taking advantage of people in vulnerable situations. Right. But that should not besmirch the entire group of investors who do this because there's oftentimes, more, more often than not, they're, they're legitimate people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's legitimate reasons for needing that convenience. That's right. As long as everything's fully disclosed, everyone's cool with it. Yep. Now, adding to this mix is this new thing that we call iBuyers. Now, iBuyers are usually big uh, national companies, and they take the same business model, the same concept, yep. but they bring it to a much larger level. It introduces the idea that you go on the web, and, you know, some of these big iBuyers are Open Door, Zillow Offers, Redfin has a division of their company. And that's not to uh, not mention anyone because there's a lot of other players out there. I know many national brokerages and national brands that have their own 
iBuyer capacity. People go and they enter in their address and click a button and boom, here's an offer on your house. Yeah, it's a basically a cold computer model-based offer. Right. Yeah. And they're, what they're doing is they're aggregating information. They're kind of like an insurance company, right? They're saying, you know, in this area... They're, we're going to have to usually do this much uh, uh, maintenance and this much rehabbing, and we could probably get this, so therefore we offer this. Right. So they're taking information that the, the county has collected through recent sales um, and, and pumping out a number. Right. And, of course, those numbers are always contingent upon, you know, review of the home, inspection. And I've heard stories that the offer comes down quite a bit after that. That's not 100% true for everybody, but I've heard that that does happen. And then if it is acceptable to the seller, the closing time is flexible, and boom, the deal's done. They don't have to ever show their home. They don't have to do the repairs. They don't have to deal with all that Um the iBuyer or the investor in that case really just takes care of everything. Yep. What we're seeing with these these iBuyers is that uh, often they're a little bit more willing to give the seller, quote unquote, what they're asking for, knowing that, hmm. hey, they're going, they still got this 10-day inspection period where they're going to go through and do their due diligence and um, and make sure that this this house is as square as the seller sells it as. And there's a couple differences between how these local companies, and one of them is Homevestors, which is a national franchise, yep. but uh, it still relies on local investors. Yeah, the We Buy Ugly Houses guys. That's right, the yep. We Buy Ugly Houses. And then also there's just individuals that do this. Totally. Uh, and we're going to talk to one of them later in the show uh, with the home guys. But uh, the difference sometimes with these big national, uh, more technologically reliant uh, iBuyers and those local investors is the local investors, when you call them, they come out to your house, they meet with you, they do all of their due diligence beforehand, and then they give you a number. Right. And that number is pretty reliable. Like, okay, that means that they're going to give me this much for my house and we can close, you know, kind of on this schedule and we're done. Whereas the eye buyers are kind of the opposite. You get that number immediately. Right. And but you don't know if that's gonna be the final number that you end up with and when the when the final uh, tally is done after the inspections and after some time for them to do their due diligence. Also, I buyers, I think all of them that I have experienced uh, and, and are that I'm familiar with, they have limitations. They don't buy older homes. There's a kind of a time frame that they won't buy before and also they won't buy above a certain uh, price tag. Totally. So that's what we've seen too is that there are national companies and they've set up this criteria and you know and if your home fits in with this within this criteria, you know, they'll consider making an offer on your home. Some things that, you know, the are deal breakers for them if you're on a busy road or if you're next to a commercial building. If you've got railroad tracks nearby, if you're near the airport, yeah, they have they have taken the time to basically say blanket statements like this is this is not a home we'd consider. Mm-hmm. There's three things though that I think about when I think about is this going to be a big part of the world to come? Is this the, you know because a lot of uh, real estate agents brokerage they're kind of like oh my gosh where is this going with i buyers? What's going to happen with this? The first thing I think of is 
there's always been something like this in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yes, they will have a place, but I don't think it's going to be 50% of the market. It might be 5 and it might yeah. be 7%. Maybe if it goes really well for the iBuyers, it might be 10% of the overall real estate market. Yep. Because I think there's always going to be a place for that quick, easy, you take care of it, I'm out of here type sale, right? Especially while the market is up. Right. You know, people people who have owned their house for, you know, five to seven years right now have some equity built up. As long as they they get what they owe and plus a little, you know, five to ten grand, that little wiggle room there, they just walk away from that. They don't have to worry about um, showings or cleaning up or anything like right. that. Right. And the second thing I think of when I think of iBuyers, is this a trend to stay? It might not be just the iBuyer trend, but the whole idea that I'm going to go to my computer screen and click a button and I'm going to get an offer on my home, that's a psychological shift that I think might affect our market to come. And I don't know what the end result of that is, whether individual home buyers, whether um, brokerages, whether whatever kind of goes toward that. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's something there that, that resonates with people. I think sometimes they don't so much care about how much money they're leaving on the table. They just want to, the whole idea of going to the computer, entering in their address, clicking offer and getting an offer on their home, that works on somebody's brain. And I think that might have more of a lasting effect on our market more than, you know, the investors and the iBuyer and all that that element of it. Totally. Have you ever heard of this company? Um, they're kind of like a, a subset of, of the iBuyers. Um, they're called Home Partners of America. Oh, yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. So they will basically on their website, they uh, have an IDX feed of of the MLS. Which is basically all listings that are available out there that would be available to yep, know, yep. a brokerage. Yeah. So they, they basically pull in all that information and they do a little computing. And then on the user side, what we see is them saying, hey, we would buy this house for $200,000 if you'd rent it right. for $1,600. So so they're going out and they're making offers to buy houses with a tenant already in place. Gotcha. So I think that's a really interesting model for, um, for investors that – that we're kind of it's kind of new new to the That's market. That's very interesting. So the seller goes, okay, I will rent this house for twenty four hundred dollars a month. Yep. They go out and they find somebody. They put in a renter. They have a lease. The the renter fits all the credit criteria of being a good renter. Yep. They uh, sign a lease for a year or two, and then this company will agree to buy it for that amount of money. Yeah, and so the the company who's buy uh, who's going to buy it actually finds the tenant and oh, puts really? that all all into place first. So they scrub their tenant, um the tenant puts down um and shows them that, you know, basically applies to be a tenant. And then um you know, kind of like the asterisks in their lease is like this lease is subject to us securing the home at this price. Wow. And then Home Partners of America will go and just buy the house. Um, from the from the seller from the listing agent. The third thing that I'm thinking about with iBuyers, as these companies do more and more activity, they're going to be competing with one another, right? Yeah. The market the the market share is going to be smaller, and they're going to be competing for that market share, and thus the offers that they make are going to go higher. 
they're going to become closer and closer and closer to full price because not because the market's uh, telling them to do that because Opendoor has to compete with Zillow offers and Redfin wants to compete with Home Buyers of America. All of that competition leads to a little bit higher offer prices as you go forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I gosh, don't quote me, but I'm not sure that Open Door is turning a profit quite yet. No. Um, we've seen a couple of their deals, you know, in our market, and the going back to see what they purchased it for and what they're selling it for and what they did to the property. I mean, the cost of using a real estate agent, it's, I mean, there's they're either not turning their profit or breaking even on a lot of these deals. So, yeah, yeah they're just kind of uh, building their systems and um, operating at a loss at the moment. And as they gain popularity, I'm sure they're going to push really hard. To- I'm sure it's one of those things where, you know, at 5%, we break even. At 6%, we make a profit. And at 7%, we make, you know, $20 billion a year. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take much to kind of uh, right. uh, tip those scales. Well, it's obviously really, really fascinating. And we have someone on the show coming up here that's going to talk about their company. And they're doing it on a local level here, but kind of what what goes into that. And I'm sure we will have several shows on this topic in coming episodes and coming seasons because it really is a, a changing topic out there and it's really affecting the real estate market right now. Sure, sure. Real estate agents and sellers and buyers. Yeah. The first thing that anyone involved in real estate investing should understand is that you need to have a great team around you. Real estate lawyers, lenders, inspectors, tradespeople of all sorts, but first and foremost, a real estate agent. Marshall and I have an elaborate real estate network at our fingertips of agents who put their customers first and truly know the best plan to get you started in real estate investment in your area. If you'd like us to match you up with a great agent in your area, simply go to our website at flippingawesomepodcast.com and click on the experts link at the top of the page. Fill out the form and hit submit. We'll never sell your information. We'll not spam you. We'll only use the information to connect you with the best possible real estate agent in your area. It's a great place to start. I recently sat down with Anthony Cardinal. He's a real estate agent with the Realty Group in Minnesota, and he is also part of the Home Guys, and they advertise throughout the area seeking sellers. Anthony walked me through their business model for buying and rehabbing homes. Hey, Anthony. uh, Tell me about your real estate history. How did you get into real estate in the first place? I started in 2007. Um, I was working for uh, an insurance company uh, in their annuities department. So basically I was sitting behind a cube all day and the wife and I um, had a house that we were planning on selling. Tried to sell the property actually for sale by owner ourselves and quickly discovered that that just it, back, back in 2007, that was definitely not something that anybody should take on on their own. <laughs> um, so through the process of you know hiring an agent and seeing what our agent got to do, it, it got me intrigued in the real estate realm. You know, I've always my entire life, I've always wanted to help people, and being able to mirror that with real estate was a perfect fit. So now you have been in the real estate business for quite some time. Yeah, you are licensed with Realty Group, um, and but you work under the team. Uh, called the Home Guys. Yep, the, they're called the Minnesota Home Guys. Okay, the Minnesota Home Guys. Yep. Gotcha. 
So tell me, what is their business model? What do they do? Minnesota Home Guys focuses on um, helping people by either buying their property cash or figuring out other methods of helping them sell their home, depending on the condition and what their background and their situation is. So um, we work with sellers to either buy their home cash, do a wholesale transaction to another investor, uh, or figure out some form of method of selling it traditionally, uh, whether it's for uh, for sale as is or other methods of, of doing some minor repairs to capitalize you know, on their equity, of course. Now, do you do flipping on your own? I mean, does yep. the home, so there's a kind of a different division of the Minnesota home guys? Correct. Yep. So depending on where our numbers come in, you know, the either the cash or the wholesale transaction, we call those, you know, the easy button, right? It's it's a way for us to close within seven to 10 days, um, not having any form of commission or closing cost attached to that number that, you know, they would have to pay outside of what we would pay them. Uh, if Minnesota home guys picks up the property themselves, we do look at how would we repair the home, what status would we bring it back to, to of course then be able to resell it on the market. First of all, how do you advertise? How do people find you? The majority of our advertising um, is done either TV commercials or mm. through the internet. Um, we do have a lot of different websites that we market to, uh, as well as a couple of different TV stations we market to. And so people call off an ad and they're they're in a situation where they're like, hey, I, I really want to see what my house is worth, what I can get from my house. They might not be in a situation where that house is necessarily affordable to them, or they might have fix-ups that are way beyond what they can afford to do to, to sell their home. So when you pull up to one of these homes, you've got a lead, you've, you're talking about uh, you're coming to that property. What do you look at in that house to decide what, what you're gonna, how you're going to approach it? What, what kind of things do you see right from the get-go or the initial conversation that's either, oh my gosh, this is something to watch out for, or... What is, oh, this is awesome. This has some awesome potential to it. Sure. So it really kind of depends on if we're meeting with a person who owns a property or a representative of that person. Um, when, I'm, when I'm making the initial phone call, I ask them a lot of questions, you know, in, in terms of like, you know, are they looking to sell quickly and move on? You know, what's their motivation? Is it is it because they, they have to get something done very quickly? That's a different conversation then, you know, are they just starting the process and starting to figure it out? Uh, A lot of the homes that we walk into, you know, the first and foremost thing we look at is how much disrepair is the property in? Is the siding falling off? Is the gutters all rotted out? Um, You know, what's the condition of the roof? You know, we, a lot of those things, you know, those are not expensive items for an investment firm or for a contractor to deal with. But when you start looking at the higher bucked items like the roof uh, or the foundation, those are a lot of times things that uh, an owner themselves can't financially figure out how to deal with or financially afford. All of the the cosmetic stuff, the carpet, the paint, the bathroom, the kitchen remodels, those are, are very simple things to calculate and figure out. The main things that we really try and watch out for the most is when you get into foundation repairs. Foundation repairs are can lead into larger items. We've had a couple leads as of recent where the septic or the well are out of compliance. You know, those lead into pretty large issues financially because you don't know if this city is going to make it compliant by a couple simple fixes or if you're going to have to completely change out the well or out the septic in order to bring it to compliance. Those are probably issues that you get your arms around before you even make an offer or at least complete a sale, right? Correct. What we do is we budget for the worst case scenario. So, you know, we look at, you know, what capacity is necessary for that home and we just budget it as if we have to do a complete removal and, and redo of that. And if you don't, great. If you do, you've planned for it. Correct. We have a little bit of extra profit in the end. And you, I'm sure you 
budget in some profit too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta you make to. some money off yeah. of this, or else yeah. no one's gonna do it. Exactly. Yeah, we are definitely a for profit company. We look at the the larger scheme of things. Um, not sure. every house is gonna have a large profit. Um, we have actually had some some deals that we lost a little bit of money on. But um, looking back on it, I would encourage the owners, and, and I'm sure they'd agree to do it again because of the situation. Tell me some stories. Do you have any stories where this really went well for a seller and you helped them get out of kind of a nasty situation? Yeah, there's a couple. One of the ones that will will stick with me, you know, I think for the rest of time is there was a property in Stillwater where the owner, she had four kids, two of them older, two of them younger, and the two younger ones moved with her and her new fiance. And the two older ones were allowed to stay in the home and kind of use the home almost as a fraternity house, if you would. Mm-hmm. They're both in um, starting college. One of the older children uh, passed away, thankfully not in the home, um, but because she had raised those kids in that home, she couldn't bear going back to that property. Hmm. So we got the phone call because um, at that point, the other uh, son decided not to live there either. So the home sat vacant for several months while she kind of wrapped her head around what to do with it. So I met her fiance out there. We looked through the home. We talked about it. We ran the budget. Um, The numbers didn't quite make sense for us for the product that we had. But I approached uh, James, the owner of Minnesota Home Guys, and I said, look, here's the deal. This this is a really bad situation for the seller, and she can't bear going through the process of emptying out the home or doing any repairs. So we looked at the numbers, and we decided that, you know, instead of buying the home to flip it, we were going to buy the home, do a couple small things like empty it out and get it prepared for a traditional investor. And we were able to resell it to somebody who – um, had the time and ability, but it was something that we wanted to be able to help that seller out of that situation. So in that situation, yeah. you you worked with the seller very yep. closely, it sounds like. Yep. Really got to know, I mean, it sounds like their whole story. Correct. I, I, more than I would traditionally know about a seller. Yes. You know, it's, that's their house, that's what they're selling. So you got to know their particular situation, what their needs were, what their desires were. You went in, you paid for the home and allowed them to just be free of that obligation, yet you were able to do uh, a a price that they found acceptable, yet acceptable enough to you that you were able to turn that around, sell it to a house flipper or rehabber. Correct. And you made some money in and by doing that. Yeah. We didn't make the the amount of profit that we try and budget for sure. on each project, <laughs> clearly. But again, because of the, the situation, um, we wanted to get the seller out of the situation. Um, what we find a lot in these situations when there is you know, either a death or some form of um, issue that's preventing the seller from wanting to stay in the home, either due to necessity or, or want, we find out a lot of times more of their story than you would typically get from sure. a, with a traditional real estate agent. But it really helps us kind of look at the bigger picture. What we look at when we try and help sellers, what is their need? What what can we do to help them? And that's one of the main reasons why I really enjoy what I do with the Minnesota Home Guys is we're not out there to just try and list their home and, and move on to the next deal. With this company, our, our main goal is we have the tools, we have the network. How can we figure out what they need done and how can we fill that need for them? You know, maybe it's that they have to get that money within the seven to 10 days. Okay, we can accomplish that. Maybe it's that they don't care the timeline on it. They just don't want the liability of having to pay the mortgage and keep the utilities going. You know, then we might look at a wholesale or maybe more of a traditional deal on that side. Um, so it, it really comes down to finding what their need is. How can we fix that for them? So you put out the ads, yep. Facebook and some other marketing, but a lot of TV. Yep. And they get calls. You get calls. You, I'm sure you ferret out 
probably 90% of those calls right away, right? Yeah. And then there's, you know, that those few that you go out and talk to and visit, make offers. Yep. And then a few of those go through and then you uh, either pass it on to the rehab division of Minnesota Home Guys or you sell it to another person that's will, uh, interested in yep. uh, rehabbing. Yep. We have, um, being that we are a full service brokerage as well, we do have a fair number of them where after we've talked about what it would be like to sell it off market or what we could do with it if we sold it on market, sometimes they do decide to, to go on market and sure. sell traditionally. Um, but with our experience of working with properties that have so many issues, we've been very successful selling our listings pretty quickly because of the fact that we know how to navigate those problems. Um, what we have found is, you know, uh, because people understand Minnesota Home Guys works a lot with somewhat distressed properties. Not all of them are. Some of them are just a little bit more of the lipstick and rouge type work mm-hmm. that needs to be done. Um, but we know how to navigate that on the back end and explain to that buyer's agent coming in or that buyer, you know, what the potential of this home could be. Could you give me a uh, real world example of some of the numbers that you deal with? Sure. This goes back to um, one of the ones that we didn't uh, profit too much on. <laughs> um, we did buy a property, and, and my numbers might be slightly off. This was um, probably the middle of last year. We were contacted by um, a, a lady that she w- actually battled cancer a couple times herself and thankfully was in remission. Um, but she was living in a townhome development that that prior winter, um, they ignored a pretty bad ice dam. So the ice dam created about $40,000 of interior damage. So she had an insurance claim that she was working with and the insurance company wasn't going well. But what that was causing, it was causing mold in the property. So herself and her two children were getting sick from the mold. She's also self-employed. So she's trying to work from home and deal with this problem and try and figure out with the insurance and all those different things. So she contacted us to just say, you know what, let me hit the easy button. Let me out. Um, This was a property that um, the numbers were very tight going in, but we knew, again, this was something we wanted to help them with. So I believe we picked it up for about 170-ish thousand, went into the property, and we probably spent about 15,000 on it. So at that point, we're at about 185. Um, and then we did, uh, we did have a little bit of work through the association on the back deck because they had to repair a few things. Those expenses were not calculated in. So by the time we resold it, um, right about the 215 to 225 mark, um, after expenses, holding costs, because we, we do use hard money, I think we were at a net uh, profit of about a negative seven grand at that point. Oh, wow. So, um, but again, you know, it, I was um, fortunate enough to be able to work with her on on the purchase side. Um, so once all the money kind of got washed out between the, the two different files, you know, we made a small profit, but sure. um, not nearly what we wanted. But again, it, it falls back down to you know, at, at the end of the day, we would do it again in a heartbeat for that specific client because of that situation. You know, we she will be um, one of our advocates for the rest of her life. You know, and and that's one of the things that we're very fortunate on. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, is there a file that you could share with me that went a lot better? Yeah, um, <laughs> we did pick up a property. Um, it was actually in the outskirts of uh, the Twin Cities. It's not an area that we typically would purchase. Sure. But the owner got a direct phone call from a lady that uh, was previously an, an agent herself, and um, she was at a point where she needed to move into a nursing home. We were able to pick up the property at one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, this property was one that actually did have a septic issue. Um, the septic was not compliant. And going into it, we knew that, but we were 
were hoping we could wholesale it without having to deal with it and just sell it to somebody in that area that would swing the hammer uh, type of thing. So we picked up the property. Um, the owner made sure everything was emptied out of the home. Um, we at, initially were just going to re- turn around and resell it um, for about uh, right around 190. So we would have made a, a pretty decent profit. Of mm-hmm. course, we still have the commissions and closing costs and whatnot. Um, but once we got far enough along where we started getting offers, every one of them were financed. And being a finance offer, you need to have the septic in compliance. Right. Um, so we reached out to the city and we got a couple uh, recommendations. We got a septic guy in there. Um, that cost us about 20 grand. So at that point, you're about 170 into it. Yeah. Um, being that the septic was in compliance, we were actually able to sell it for 225. Sure. So we did make a pretty decent profit on that one. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, we really try and mold ourselves to what their needs are to make it as easy of a transition as possible. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. Thank you. From Heather and I, thank you for joining us for this episode of Flipping Awesome Podcast. If you'd like to ask a question regarding any sort of real estate investment, call us at 612-352-9177. Again, that's 612-352-9177. Or simply visit our website at flippingawesomepodcast.com. If you need to find a real estate expert that can help you find investment properties in your area, click the Experts button on our website. Also, visit our page on Facebook where you can find additional video content from our show. Flipping Awesome Podcast is produced and recorded in the studios of Minnesota Podcasting, who can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. Of course, any tax or legal advice given on this show is for educational purposes only, and you should always consult your own tax or legal professional to receive advice specific to your own situation. Also, we make no endorsements of any of our guests. They are asked in for an interview to share their perspectives, and that's exactly what they give, their perspective. The views and opinions they express are not necessarily those of me or Heather, or any company to which we are affiliated. Thanks again for joining us, and until next episode, we wish you a flipping awesome week.